welcome to Four Guys in a Comic. The Baxter Building can't hold this foursome. Here are your hosts, Red, Rusty, Tap, and Nova. Welcome to another edition of Four Guys in a Comic. This is Red, and I have with me the fan favorites, everybody's favorite Canadian, and everybody's favorite Texan. Guys, where, where, where's Tap? <laughs> Tap is uh, MIA for uh, MIA. Yeah. That is right, because he is busy preparing for our great interview that we have coming up. So he is just bowing out for a few minutes while preparing for an awesome show, second half of the show for you guys. Exactly. Yes. So while we're while he's busy getting things going, what have you guys been reading this week? I know, Russ, you mentioned you read a lot. I've read a lot. A I have lot. a bunch of, okay, like, there is so many things that came out that I read this past week. Um, I'll save Hyperion for last, okay, because Hyperion did <laughs> come out this week. We'll, we'll talk more about it. But I've been reading a lot of, beyond just Carnage and Venom and all those, I've been reading a lot of uh, Crossed. And I know that's a weird to hear from right. me that I'm reading Avatar Press, yeah. but I don't know if you, I know Nova's read it, but I don't know if you've read it, Red Skull. Have you I haven't it? I haven't read it yet. It is on my to-do list. I don't know if you're uh, going to like it. It doesn't it, seem like your cup of tea. Well, what's about? Tell me about it. Let me see if I'll, something I'd like. Okay, well, dude, it's like, think of The Walking Dead, but not really zombies. And um, they're more hardcore, and they rape people, and um, they, they eat each other, and they get off on just being evil. All right, well, yeah, it's basically just, like, what if we didn't have a moral compass? Yeah. And we were just relying on our, like, base animal instincts. That's basically what's happened to these people. And then there's a group, there's groups of survivors that are just sort of trying to get a get around to it. But instead of being attacked by zombies, like Rusty said, they will be brutally and viciously um, attacked Ouch. sexually. So basically zombies that are molesting instead of eating people. Yeah. Yeah. It's like if Walking Dead wasn't mature enough for you, there's uh -huh. crossed. <laughs> exactly. So cross. So all of a sudden I'm, I'm thinking sex criminals meets uh, Walking Dead. Oh. With the... <laughs> no. <laughs> no. So so if, if you get uh, molested by a, a, a zombie, does that mean you become a zombie? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You can't even you spit in like it's like any body fluids. Like no basic. contact. Yeah. You'd be All scratched. Right. Yeah. Right. But but they get off on um on, on molesting people. Interesting. It, hmm. Like yeah. I, I'm telling you, man, it, it reminds me when I first started reading it, even the art for a bit at first, I was like, This is like the Walking Dead and then all of a sudden you see your first zombie attack or not even zombie, crossed attack or whatever, and you're like, Oh my gosh, okay, what the hell is happening, right? Is he doing that really? And it's like Okay, that's happening. Yeah, it's almost hard to talk about without going and making the whole show explicit. I mean, really. Yeah. Like, there's wow. a bunch of things I could bring up in it. But, I mean, I really don't <laughs> feel it's super appropriate if we yeah. talk uh, about it. You're not to yeah, put, not like, for the paint a apart. big M on this. Uh, big line. M. Yeah. And that's not for McDonald's. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. They don't, so they don't pay how, us. So how many issues is uh, crossed into? Okay, well, there was 10 in the original, and then it goes into Badlands, I guess you were saying, Nova, which is like 27 issues or something like that. Oh, no, that's in, like, I wouldn't be surprised if it was in triple digits now. Mm. Really? 
Yeah. It's now, going now, that long now? Yeah. All right. While you're talking, I'm going to look it up real quick. See where we're at. Yes. Um, and Badlands is just sort of... I mean, the the original cross was just Garth Ennis for the, the full 10 issues. And then Badlands and all the other spinoffs. There have been other ones like Family Ties and Plus 100. Those are like arcs that sort of... It, the the writers change. Okay, all right, so, so everyone gets like, um, a crack at it? So yeah. I see 15 spinoffs, and yeah. the original series went uh, nine issues. Well, ten if you want to count issue zero from 2008 to 2010. Badlands. And, uh, Badlands. Badlands. Two annuals Badlands and two specials. All right, so let's, let me pull up Badlands. I think it was the last issue, too. All right, let me look that up. Oh, there we go. Badlands, start 2011, and they are at, just came out with issue 100. Yep. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot that's of comics the end of, really fast. What, that's what the is end it of, coming out, like bi-weekly, or? Um, some of them came, uh, let's see, April had three issues, May 1, July 1, uh, September, last September, three issues. So, actually, I'm looking at this, a lot of months had two to three issues. Yeah. Wow, I mean, that's if, a lot of yeah. work. Um, yeah, I guess it p- depends, too, if there's, like, artists switching around and stuff like that. That's what I'm looking at. Yeah. So, And this is black and white, or is it inked? It's inked. It's inked. It's, it's colored, inked, yeah, everything. Colored, it's, inked. Uh, wow, that, that, yeah. that's, that's impressive for it to be inked in three issues a month. Yep. I'm looking at it, and it keeps repeating. Uh, Fernando um, Hines is oh. the penciler and inker for just All pretty right, much well. every issue. He doesn't sleep, I guess. Or I guess he's, not. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, there's a bunch of cross content out there. I mean, like you said, 15 spinoffs? Yeah. Yeah. Sounds about right. Not all of them are as long as Badlands, obviously, but... Yeah, um, some are one-shots or little minis. Yeah. Yeah. But so. it's it's a messed up series, and if you want to read some messed up stuff, I suggest uh, you reading this messed up comic. I wonder if it's on Comicology. It is. It is. It is yeah. very difficult to purchase you basically can't on your phone um you have to go on the website and show proof of age the credit card i'm assuming uh, i i guess so yeah yeah good good so the younger viewers that no. aren't sure enough to read it uh, can't just go hey mama look what i found yeah. <gasps> billy yeah yeah i wouldn't recommend any uh young guns reading this at uh, all at all yeah but you know beyond that Beyond Crossed, I mentioned Hyperion, okay? And it's... What's going on here, Rusty? I heard some predictions. You were tossing out predictions about the series future. Yes. Series future. And this this was the last issue, correct? This was the last issue. At the very end of the comic, there was the note, the letter, and it was just saying, hey, you know, basically it's been a good time, but this is the end of Hyperion. And, um... The way that it was worded, it sounded like, I don't know if Chuck is going to still be working with Marvel or not, because it did not mention anything about, like, hey, check out my future work with Marvel, and it had nothing like that in it. But it did mention, have a thing where it was like, I don't know where my future will go with writing, and it's just like, oh, I don't know if Marvel's keeping him around or what. But I was hoping, you know, Hyperion would... uh, Make it back to Marvel now, but it's not happening. And um, you know how we thought we were getting rid of, uh, we were moving on to something beyond Carnies? Mm-hmm. The Carnies came back. 
in the, la- <laughs> in the last issue. Oh, yeah. uh, but we had Iron Man, too. And Iron Man came in, Tony Stark, and uh, tried to pull in Hyperion for uh, killing Namor back in the day. And yep. uh, it was supposed to be like, we have to put you on trial. It doesn't matter or whatever. And he's like, look, I'm in the middle of fighting these carnies, and I need to help Dahl, and we can wait because I need to help them. And then he goes in there with Thundra and basically just, I guess, how it should have been in the first place. He goes in there and just annihilates all of them. Like, it took, like, maybe a whole two pages for all of them to be dead, basically. And uh, Mm. he just came down from the sky like a meteor and hit the ground, and and they all just flew everywhere and... Then he took the main one and he threw the one that okay the one that came back to life found out was immortal in like basically had the same kind of regenerative powers as Deadpool to where he can come back from like a molecule or whatever mm-hmm. Wolverine style and so he's like okay well I can't just keep destroying him so let's contain him and he just basically took him after he like found his half destroyed body and threw it up in space and so the guy's floating around space now. And, um, yeah, that's how they ended Hyperion. And mm. I'm kind of sad. I mean, you could tell that that's rushed, I guess. And it was just like, all right, this is the last issue. And he had to change a bunch of stuff. But um, Well, well, until Volume 2 comes out, after the Guardians of the Galaxy find him floating in space, pick him up, bring him back to Earth, and seek oh, revenge. Boy, please, no more. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even read about it. And I, I, I just know. I wouldn't mind a, like a Hyperion series could be good. It's just um, the carny aspect. <laughs> I guess yeah, some parts of it um, just didn't, didn't sit well. I guess. Yeah. Sorry, Rusty. Yep. You can yeah. follow um, Hyperion still though, as even though this was his last issue ending here, he did pop up in the newest issue of Thunderbolts, which came out. Uh-huh. And okay. um, yeah, it's basically Squadron Supreme versus the thunderbolts right now and kobik is there to help equal out hyperion to them and it, it, it was actually a pretty good issue um lots of cool stuff happened um we got to see kobik i guess just she's kind of settling into place and it kind of feels like she might be a permanent fixture in the marvel universe to come um hmm. and yeah uh it seems like a cool new character. Uh, but Hi- Thunderbolts, spot on. Hyperion, sad day. That's all I got to say for this week. I know my Hyperion gotcha. one wasn't as exciting as usual, but... So, Rusty, that. how many issues of Hyperion was there total? Six. Six. So now we just need a nice little YouTube video from you to sell Hyperion. Yeah, right? Bring him back. <laughs> we need change.org petition. Bring oh boy! <laughs> Rusty, we start an online petition. Save the carnies, <laughs> <laughs> or whatever's uh, left of them, right? The one that's floating yeah, exactly. around in space. <laughs> yeah. But um, oh. yeah, so Nova, what'd you do this week? What'd you been reading? Uh, I didn't read all that much. I had a pretty busy week, but I did get around to reading uh, number one. That's not the big selling point. Um, <laughs> we got to read. Uh, basically the the culmination of the three fantastic fantastic series by um mr matt hawkins Mm -hmm. uh, who we all know and love sweet guy and brian edward hill who is also just amazing and i'm very excited to hopefully someday in the future wink wink 
uh, here's Grant Morrison impression. But I am talking about Eden's Fall. Um, you guys read that as well, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I think we all read Eden's Fall. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah. <laughs> it came out and we'd all... all been anticipating it. So it's just like, yeah. all right, here we go. Yes. Yeah, well, that was great. Fo- for the folks who haven't, it is basically Think Tank, The Tithe, and uh, Postal. Why did it slip my mind? And Postal all coming together um, yes. into one series. And you know what? I, I enjoyed it. Um, yeah. having, having read all three of the series up until Eden's Fall, yeah, I had a good time with it. Um, I'm looking forward to more. So is this Thank the you. first to crossover in any of his comics with all three of them? Or, I mean, with yeah. even two of yes. them? Like, I think, I believe so. Okay, fact, so this is I don't know if all crossed. Or and I don't know if, anyway. And I don't know of any other image titles that have crossed three ish, three series into one. There's been, you know, one here, one there, but three different series into one? I can't really yeah. think of anything. It's ambitious. It definitely it is. is an ambitious undertaking. Yeah. I mean, the closest you have is maybe like Invincible, where we've seen Savage Dragon and Spawn and things like yeah. that all in, together, but not like this. Not where the stories are actually intertwined. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, we're, we're, we'll dive more into that one a little later on. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Aside from that, uh, I actually read something that I think will make Rusty a little happy. What did you read? Um, so I went and I had to start again from number one because it's been a while, but I started reading uh, Venom Space Knight. Oh, really? Yeah, I did. Okay. Um, I was just, uh, you know, I was all, I had caught up on my Green Lantern and all that stuff. I just, I, I needed just a touch more cosmic. So I didn't want to read Guardians of the Galaxy, but I remember I, I had fun reading Venom Space Knight the first time so I was like yeah you know what I'll reread it and I read about five or six issues maybe five I'm gonna go with five but uh it's been it, it's as fun as I remember it being it's so you, with that's cool though I mean so you enjoyed it did you see get to the issue where the art changed um I think the last issue I read had the art change yeah I think so yeah yeah yeah, I like. Uh, I I still really like that robot. I forget what his. It's just like a number. That's his yeah. name. It's like eight two three or something. The the loathsome uh, uh, robot. Over yeah, there. though I I do enjoy, <laughs> I do enjoy him and uh, him and Flash whenever they talk. Just kill me, right? Just kill yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> Fling me out into space. Yeah, whenever whenever Flash is like, what I'm about to do is probably not the best thing because it may kill me. He's like, oh, I applaud your. He's like, do it. It sounds like a great idea. I think, I mean, you know, let's go to a fast grade. Yeah. So yeah, that's that, that's all I had time for. Did but, you get um, to, you didn't get to the, uh, the symbiote walking around by itself? No. There no. is no, no, no symbiote hitting up bars yet, which I'm looking forward to. Oh, it's coming. Are you going to finish it out then? Yeah, I'm going to keep going. I have it all, I have it all loaded up on my comiXology and uh i'm gonna definitely keep reading it this week so speaking of things that we've suggested to each other in the past i read all the issues of oh that's right and green lantern okay all right and all right cool had you read it yet red i have not i had just haven't gotten to it I think you should go read it. It's pretty good, actually. <laughs> I, I enjoyed it. It's, it's, it's on a list. It's, it's on the same list. <laughs> yeah, but no. I mean, I was a little confused at some parts, you know. And yeah. I'm not super, super familiar with Sinestro, and so he still looked cool in it. And I guess he has his own Sinestro world 
that. Yes. The, yeah, I mean, there's no Green Lantern Corps, basically. Well, he, oh, it's just he, middle. Yeah, he, yeah, the the planet Oa, which used to be like the Green Lantern, uh, Green Lantern Core home, is just taken over, and now it's his Sinestro Corps little war world. And I that was the thing though, like he was all like brittle and weak, and then all of a sudden he had yeah. like a revamp, like, he and then the sucked. giant parallax yeah. or whatever running. Around. Yeah, there was yeah, a lot going yeah. on in these three issues. There is, there is yeah, hmm. um, yeah, it's. Uh, I'm really liking that series. I love Sinestro. He's just so cool. Um, what did you think of the art? The art, the art was, was really incredible. good. Yeah, no, yeah. like at first I like I took to it and I was like, eh, and then as you get into it, it just kept getting better and better. And you could tell that by the third issue, he uh, felt, I guess, more in place and had a clear idea of how he wanted it to look. Yeah. yeah. And um, but no great art and um i thought it was cool you get to see like a little snippet of uh kyle rayner for a moment but he has a white ring i guess and he has a weird white suit yeah yeah the last time he was around he was an omega man and he had like an omega ring Mm -hmm. but before that he was a white lantern okay so he's back to being a white lantern again it looks like it looked yeah did you uh how'd you like guy gardner just i he I, i was so annoyed there's half a page in issue three of him just sort of like Oh come on, guys! Like I'm just getting started here. His fists are all bloody, and yeah. there's like, I just it was like, I wanted to see more of that. It's like, okay, uh, why just, can't we just see the fight, please? Because yeah. it was just like a little quick <laughs> glimpse. And I he's love just sitting there. I know, dude. He's so cool, and he's still got the little like motorcycle jacket. He's yes, yes. He's it's not, it can't go away. You just can't take that away. Oh my gosh! Uh, but just, no, it's just him. It was great because they're sitting there like, you think you know he can't make it. He wouldn't do it. He's like, no, but if there's anyone that I would send, I know that would yeah, be yeah. him and he would go down. And it's yeah. just like, yeah. He's like, he's like, you're too thick-headed to die. Yeah. That's why I'm sending you. But yeah, I mean, that and then you got Hal Jordan just t- kicking Jordan's ass, taking names. pretty cool in this series. And yeah. like, I don't know what it is, but I guess he's still... I mean, okay. So my old roommate was really into Green Lantern. When it was the Arabic Green Lantern. Oh, yeah, that was at the start of... Yeah, Simon Baz was at the start of New 50. Yeah, and um, he would go back and he'd show me some of the art for that, and then he'd show me some of, like, you know, recent Hal Jordan, whatever. And then... um, But this, the art in this for Hal Jordan, it gives me, like, a 60s vibe. 60s, 70s vibe, like, older vibe. And I, I don't know what it is. I think it's maybe just the shape of his face or something. But mm-hmm. the faces look more like a uh, Silver Age kind of art. And I, I thought it was pretty cool. Mm, um, cool. But how how kicks some ass, man? I mean, in this series, he's just sitting there and he's like, all right, I got to do this. And he does it. Yeah. yeah. Planet to planet. Um, one question I wanted to ask you. What's up? I think it's the most important question. Did it make you want to go back and read other green lantern stuff what led up to all this or are you sort of just glad with the jumping on point i think i'm kind of just glad with the jumping on point if anything this makes me want to read um older green lantern because that's the thing like if i get into a jump into a new series i'd rather learn like the beginnings of it first before i start doing the filler in the middle yeah yes i mean it's kind of hard because sinestro and hal have such a like large history and Mm -hmm. all this stuff yeah, uh, I can see that. But, I mean, I'm glad you're you're able to at least get through the three issues and, and keep up. Well, this is the thing. I will say this. I became more curious about the color of rings and stuff. 
after this because they kind of mentioned it here and there about like ones being lost and yeah. whatever and like how someone couldn't forge a new one and he forged his own and said he couldn't be done um, yeah but nova i have a feeling we're going to be seeing a volume two of rusty quest coming soon Ooh. In search of the rings. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, I was kind of curious in that, that I actually started looking up the first appearance of each I, ring. And I knew you would. I, I knew you would. Because I got curious about it. I didn't realize that most of these ring colors came out in, like, 2011, yeah. 2012. Jeff, and Jeff Johns basically made them all. I was going to say, he, like, started just going, like, every few months making another color. Yeah. That is, like... Oh, it's such a good... It's just great comic reading. It's, what, nine colors, if memory serves? Um, Maybe. It's quite a bit. Yeah, I think it's nine. If you include black and white, it's probably around nine. Yeah. Yeah, oh my... If you're going to read Green Lantern, just read the Jeff Johns stuff. It is so good. With the colors, and then he's got the Blackest Night events and Astro Core War. It's just gold. It's so good. It's super cool. But no, for a minute there, I'm just like, all right, when are we going to start seeing like a uh, ring gauntlet popping up all of a sudden? You're going to have too many <laughs> colors. Yeah. Maybe. No. Maybe someday. Anyway, um, Red, what's what, what's been going on with you? You're, you're quiet over there. Nah, no, I'm just uh, enjoying listening to you guys uh, talk a little Green Lantern. You know, I feel like I'm behind the ball not reading that yet. But it is on my list. But, you know, this week I just – I had to do it. I had to sit down and l- read a little Greg Ruka. All right. Ooh. Yes. So from Image, I read all 24 issues of Lazarus. My man. Yes. Oh, <laughs> oh, I can't wait for more. 24 issues was it's not so enough. Good, right? Oh, oh my God. I, I, oh, my gosh. It is just amazing. Um, Rusty, have you read it at all yet? No. All right. Oh, my God. It's so, so no one talks about it either. I, I like know. whenever whenever we talk in our chat, it's like okay, saga, sure, you got all these titles, but you mentioned Lazarus, and it's like dead silence. Yeah, I'm like what are you guys? How are you not I reading know. this? It's so good, and it's gold. And what kills me is almost all twenty four issues I picked out of the dollar bin. Oh my god! And it's like, are you kidding me? This tells me that people aren't reading this gold. This is just amazing. So you know, good. to me, like I said, I'm planning on doing a YouTube video on this uh, for four guys. Uh, a lot of it, kind of, as I'm reading it, every issue, I have this 19, early 1980s nostalgia. I feel like I'm reading something from a movie that I watched from the early 80s that I just can't remember. It's the best way to explain it because it has an early 80s cinematic feel to it, in my, in my opinion. And all these little things that come up is like, I remember something like that, but where was it? And each issue, you, you keep getting that again and again. And the, and what it, it, I can't even get my speak fast enough. <laughs> I mean, no, you, you just want to keep reading more. So for those that haven't read it, pick it up because a little synopsis on it is basically that there's 16 families. We're looking at the U.S. in the future. Um, a lot has been destroyed um, through an earthquake. And there's 16 families that basically divided up the states and each have a ruling family. And within that family, there's levels of hierarchy that you have to get promoted into. And each each family has a Lazarus, which basically is a genetically altered lethal assassin slash agent slash soldier. And here we have, for this family, the um, uh, Carlisle family, um, a gal forever. That's her name, forever. Oh, I love her. 
She's I know such a she, good she, oh, she is, and you can just see her on the silver screen. I'm telling you, and you fall in love with her immediately. And every issue, you're just like, oh wow, you know. So th- there's always great cliffhangers, and just the whole arcs, everything about it is wonderful. You just cannot wait to read the next issue. And it's amazing, and I can't believe, like I said, I found this in in dollar bins. And for the, those of you that love Image, you love reading comics, <laughs> you gotta read it. Yeah. yeah. I, I, just, I just can't hype enough about it. It's just you might wonderful. have won me over with the '80s uh, '80s movie nostalgia talk. Yeah, and then, and then that too. I'm serious. You know, every issue, I feel like. My gosh, did I? Where did what movie did I see this in? And you can't think of it, and you spend time after you read it just thinking over it, and you just you just can't help yourself. And I've got to say, the artwork by Michael Lark is just <laughs> oh, it is it's perfect. It's there. Perfect. There is issue. I think issue number fifteen, the end of the third arc. You have yeah. the Lazari fighting, and I swear, eighty percent of the issue is just pure fighting, swordplay, and it's just. Yes. Oh my! And yeah. when when you you realize like these two people are actually like good friends, and it's like they have to. Oh my god! It's just so good. I put that down. Stops, but... Oh my! God. I just put the down. I put the issue down when I was done. And I was like, I need to take a minute because I am just blown away. It is so good. And, and, and you're people... right, Nova. I mean, I'm telling you, after every issue, I had to sit down and reflect on something. It's yeah. It's it's so well done. I don't know. It, I'm glad it's still going at least. So some yes. people must be picking it up. Mm-hmm. For those of you that aren't, um, change something in your life and <laughs> start getting Lazarus, please. Yes, so. Lazarus. Is, is, I, I can't talk about it high enough. It is. I, I can't wait. I, I got to get a hold of Ruka and just say, <laughs> "Dude, I read Lazarus." I'm going. I'm going to. I'm going to tweet him the YouTube video I do and yeah. try to get him on the show because, Amazing. man, God, it's good. Gotta love Image. All right. Speaking of, you know, we're talking a little bit before with Eden's Fall. You know, it's kind of, we're talking about how it's like three different story, uh, three series brought together in one. And I've been thinking about that these days. What are some of the other um, stories that are like that? I really can't think really of any three or more series that have been combined into one. Not not from Image. No, I mean, just in general. Just in general from any publisher. Yeah. I guess, com- like, literally combining them, yeah, it doesn't really happen. I mean, you have, like, your typical crossover stuff. Or your but... events and stuff, yeah. Yes. Yeah. But actually, sort of, yeah, I don't know. I know. I mean, I, I've really, I got stuck on that thinking about it. I tried to do some Google search, came up empty. I really just cannot. I'm sure there's something out there where it's taken multiple series and merged them into yeah. one. Yeah. Well, I mean, what's what's incredible about Eden's Fall that well, I thought anyway is just... I mean, I'm sure we're going to talk to Matt Hawkins and and Brian Hill sometime soon. But uh, when he started writing Think Tank, did he have this in mind? Because for some reason, all of these three series do fit in really well. They do. So that's something we're going to have to ask them. Who could that be? It sounds like we're getting some interference from from someone maybe named Uh, Tap. Yeah, Houston, I, yeah, we may have a problem. We may have a problem because I think we added him onto the call and he just doesn't realize we're recording at this oh, time. Oh, poop. Anyway, um, we could just talk some more Eden's Fall until he's ready because I'm sure he'll have a few cents to toss in. So, so how you doing, Tap? We got a few uh, minutes. We got a few minutes left before we get our call going on to our special guest. So yeah, you know, no, I'm doing good. Sorry about so that. you got gentlemen. yourself like four or five minutes to quickly tell us what you read this week. 
Oh, what did I read this week? Lots and lots of Rebirth. Um, aside from that, because um, everybody's tired of that, um, I read uh, Hack Slash, My First Maniac, uh, which was really good. Tim Seeley and Daniel Leister. That was a good one. Um, read a bunch more of Goon, a little bit of Darkness, uh, Eden's Fall. Can't forget about Eden's Fall. We've been talking about that. Postal. That, oh, yep. God, those were good. Um, I'm racking my brain. What else have I read this week? Oh, Moon Knight. I finally got caught up with Moon Knight and the world of Marvel, the only Marvel title I'm reading. Finally got caught up with Moon Knight, and oh, man, it's good. I, I enjoy it. reading a Marvel title that he talked yeah, about while you were gone. Oh, what Marvel title is that? Dirty little secret that I just exposed on the podcast. No, I've been reading uh, Venom Space Knight. <laughs> oh, yeah? How is it? Oh, uh, you missed... It's been pretty good, but you uh, you unfortunately missed Rusty's Hyperion talk. But, well, oh, it was kind of... He's not happy. He's no. not happy. You'll hear it's it. Not, well, I know he's not happy that Hyperion's dead now or something, right? It's not dead. It's just the series yeah. is just ending. It's the series oh. ended. This series ended. And yeah. so is Rusty's. I mean, look, he's there's a is that a tear? My <laughs> God. There's a tear in my sniffling. Rusty, put the bottle down, man. It's fine. <laughs> There'll be a new number one soon. So I've been yeah. talking about Lazarus. And I was just curious, Steph, have you read Lazarus? I have not read Lazarus. Charlatan. Oh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. You should check it out when you can. I don't even know if I'm familiar with it. I don't even know if I've ever heard of it. Goodness. Oh, okay. All right. Well, you need some educating. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Anyway, um, maybe we can do that uh, some other time or tap since you weren't here for most of the podcast. I'm sure you'll be listening to it and you'll hear uh, I will. Red and I rant and rave about it. All but right. tap... I know you missed some of the podcast, but you've been really super busy getting our uh, call together. It sounds like uh, we're ready to go to get them since you came on. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I think we're good to go. All right, guys. So why don't we break into the interview? called the Order of Romulus that is controlling the world and making it pretty bad. And an assassin that was raised by them and trained by them has to turn against them when she has a crisis of conscience. Uh, and so the book follows her kind of one woman army, you know, war against the secret society so she can set us all free and crazy things happen. The Illuminati comes in there. There's some psychic powers at play. You should just go get it. It's awesome. So uh, Image has been great. Like, Working with them, Sasha uh, over there who does design, she did a fantastic job with Image Plus. Nelson and I were elated about that, mm-hmm. and uh, David David Brothers has been great over there. It's a really great place to uh, to you know um, put that put out comics, and uh, what they do seems to be cool for readers. So it's all good. Yeah, so it's Image is moving to Seattle, for I understand now. Yeah. Yeah. So how's that going to change things for you? Is it going to change anything at all for you? Yeah, right, hey, Matt, are we quick. recording, right, right, Matt? Yeah, yeah, we're good. Okay, okay, cool. I'm yeah, sorry. Not, not, not really. I mean, you know, whether you're a screenwriter or you're writing comics or, or novels, what have you, you do most of your business via email anyway. Yeah. Um, so where they're located, that won't affect most people. I tell you what, it affects people that move. So I imagine people have to, like, raise up stakes and find apartments and that kind of thing. 
But yeah. as far as like the protocol goes, Image is so good with dealing with creators that are all over the place. Yeah. You know, um, so proximity uh, shouldn't affect them at all. So That's do you cool. know, like, was there a major reason why they moved from, to Seattle or was it just I, because? Honestly, I don't know. I mean, I knew about it when I saw the press release online and uh, I hadn't heard any any whisperings or misgivings or anything, you know, so I'm not quite sure what precipitated the move. Uh, but, you know, it's, everyone seemed happy. So I'm sure it's it's just, uh, you know, it just makes more sense in some way. You know, as you're creating these books and working with them, you're not always privy to the, the ins yeah. and outs of what's going yeah. on in the corporate end. But everyone I've ever talked to or worked with over there from, you know, uh, entry level all the way up to Eric himself, they've all been awesome people, uh, wonderfully, you know, dedicated and passionate about the work that they do. So they're actually moving to Portland, Oregon, not Seattle. Portland. Oh, is it Portland? Portland. That's right. Okay. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. See, my guess is probably more of a, a real estate thing. Is before they're in what? San Francisco. Berkeley. Right. I mean, San Francisco. Yeah. Real insane. It it's is. Crazy. It is. And I'm sure Eric will miss a few of the bars that are out there. But I'm just kidding, Eric. Um, but uh, it's probably gonna be a lot cheaper for them in Portland. Yeah. See, that was, I was going to say that, too, especially because Portland's like a really booming like city now. And I mean, a lot of people are moving there. And I, I kind of feel like Portland's going to end up being like the new San Francisco. Eventually yeah, Portland's anyway. getting expensive, too. Like, yeah, Portland's not know, cheap. I used to live there. It's not cheap. <laughs> yeah, I know a few folks had to move out of Portland because they just couldn't really make it work or they were making it work. But you had they to live could, out in the suburbs. Yeah, they, they had to, you know, they were like. I could do this anywhere else and it would, you know, be better for me. So they had to move out. So I hear it's getting, yeah, it's getting more San Francisco by the day. But, uh, very cool. Apparently San Francisco was the wrong answer. I heard the beep. It was like beep, beep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but sorry, contestant. The right answer was London. Ding, ding, exactly. ding, 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 ding. Come on down. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so who wants to do the intro? We can just jump right in and uh, start discussing Eden's Fall and then end it with Romulus and uh, go from there. Intro? I thought we've already started. <laughs> we did already start. I didn't know if you guys wanted to do an intro. <laughs> oh, okay. It's okay. I can there. still cut it. I can still cut it in. So yeah, it'll work. What, oh, yeah. well, what for? Hey, all of you, we're listening to four guys in the comic. Okay, and continuing on. <laughs> we're with right. Brian Hill. <laughs> We were Hi, sadly, guys. yeah, sadly, Matt Hawkins wasn't here, but we got Brian Hill, and Brian Hill's a great guy, and we're happy to have you here. Yes. Oh, we're great. Appreciate that, guys. Thank and you you're guys. working on something recently. What was that? Uh, Eden's Fall? Eden's Fall. <laughs> yes. yes. Now, yes. I got to ask, what? Okay, so Eden's Fall is the characters of Postal, the Tithe, and uh, Think Tank kind of coming together and, and you know, Eden. Um, so, what was like the the thought process, I guess, of combining these three stories together, creating one universe, so to speak. Well, you know, I think, you know, as Matt was working on the tithe and, and think tank, uh, you know, he, he did sort of speak about these things happening in the same universe. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as I was working on Postal, uh, it, it just started to make sense. Like, Oh, you know, Postal is, it could be part of the, it's part of this, but it's, it, it's very different, so it might be interesting to see what happens when all these worlds kind of come together, you know, mm-hmm. because the, the thing is, with a, any sort of crossover book, something like that, if the two books you're crossing over are sort of the same thing, it doesn't have a great effect, 
right? Because you're you're still in the same mood and tone and, and all that. But taking the the science of, of think tank and, and Lauren a little bit and, and then taking the, the law enforcement angle on the tithe and combining that with Postal, I just felt like, okay, that would be a cool thing. Um, and then Matt had a story. Uh, he you know, had a, like, but a, I guess in Hollywood terms, you call it a treatment. We don't really have a name for it in comments, but it was like, you know, treatment for a thing. Yeah. And he asked me what I thought about it. And I said, uh, this was, you know, it was, it was cool. It's like, okay, yeah, I see how we can do this and do that and then and all that. And then, uh, you know, to start scripting uh, uh, the, uh, the thing out. And um, that's how it, it came to be. That's Very cool. cool. So whenever Matt, I guess, approached you with the idea, what was your first thoughts on it? Well, honestly, I was a little concerned about being able to work on characters I had never written before that were characters he's created that he knew very well, right? Like, yeah. you know, I, 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 I'm kind very of like a pressure, right? experiential. Yeah, like, well, you know, I, I, I gravitate towards, towards characters that I feel like I can inhabit them and I understand what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And when I'm writing and I'm really in flow, it doesn't feel like I'm writing. It feels like it's just sort of happening. Like, they're just kind of talking in my head and I'm transcribing. You know, it, it happens. Yeah. Very very fast, uh, and uh, was, my biggest concern was being able to get that familiar with those characters in order to execute them, uh, in order to you know get to the scripting. But uh, the the work that Matt had done was so specific about characterization that you could see it. You know, it's almost like an actor kind of walking into a role a little bit when you're writing something that you you know you didn't create. Um, you know, you have to kind of sink into it. It's almost like, how would you play Batman? You know, how would you play James Bond? You have to have a kind of an idea of what it is, but then also an idea of what you could do with it. You know, and then and then I'd you know send script to Matt, and he would give me some some ideas and some notes, and, and fix it all, make sure it was right, right, and then I would do those changes and and come in there. So the the result is something I think that has you know kind of equal parts my voice and, and Matt's voice, uh, sort of intertwined and wrapped around each other. Uh, uh, in the in the way the story is told, and so it's it's a different different thing. So if you're a fan of those individual books, this isn't just the same again. It's a, sort of a different experience because of the nature of all those individual books. Yeah. Now I would I'm, I'm going to ask this right now. Uh, okay. Was there a character like that whenever he presented you the idea that you were worried that you couldn't connect with and you didn't think that you would be able to write very well or portray? Hmm. That's a good question. Honestly, that would be the uh, characters in the tithe. You know, okay. I, um, I'm a bit more anti-establishment than Matt is. I, mm-hmm. I think if you if you were going to paint us with broad brushes, okay. so getting into the kind of good soldier mindset that those guys would have, uh, being kind of Quantico guys and by the book guys, and investing that with something that felt real to me. That took a little bit, honestly. Um, and and what I had to do, I had a long conversation with Matt about James Miller, the FBI agent. Oh, for people listening, so Eden's Fall is a, essentially an undercover story about an FBI agent that has to go undercover into a town that's populated by criminals so he can get the criminal he's looking for. And it combines uh, three different books, Think Tank, uh, The Tithe, and Postal. Uh, I write... Postal and Matt writes Think Tank and the Tide, and so Matt Hawkins and I wrote, you know, worked together and co-wrote it. So um, I forgot what I was saying before I was explaining to listeners what I was talking about. <laughs> oh, about you um, and uh, the members of the Tide. Oh yeah, yeah. So I had a long conversation with Matt about who the guy was. Like 
I, I approach characters like real people. And uh, before I create a character, I probably handwrite at least 15, 20 pages uh, about their life, uh, you know, what they're into, what they're not into, those different moments and things. So you have because an actual I, bio on all your characters. Yeah, but it's a very organic thing. You know, it's not like something I format. It's just something I need to do so they can start breathing and talking, right? Like, you know, when, when, when I'm writing, I know I'm working hard, but if it feels like effort, I know I'm not really in my zone, you know? And usually that means I just don't know enough before I started typing. So with, with the conversation I had with Matt, I just asked him a bunch of questions. Like, what's his favorite color? Uh, what's his favorite TV show? You know, uh, was he, did he just tell you? I don't know. Just pick one. <laughs> no, he would. You know, he would. You know, Matt's Matt's got uh, a super active mind, right? Like Matt's yes. a, Matt's a thinker's thinker. You know, he's always thinking, thinking, thinking. He's so critical, uh, and I mean in the good way, in the Socratic way uh, that would say critical um, about his approach. That I think he enjoyed it. You know, I think he enjoyed the like. Yeah, I guess it would be green, or you know, and. And he's from this place, and this is the kind of music he listens to. Um, so I think he, he enjoyed just, you know, exploring those things, you know, in the moment himself. Um, it's just a great exercise for me. Like, I, I, uh, I have to think about a character a lot and write about a character a lot before I execute a story. So that being said, one thing, because I'm a huge fan of Postal. Um, oh, thank you very it's, much. Appreciate it's the that. one book, hands down, I get excited for every time I see it. Like, I, I absolutely oh, that's, love That's Postal. really kind. Thank you very much. Um, and so with reading it and stuff, and especially with the current arc that's going on, you have to go to some dark places to be <laughs> able to write these characters, I would assume. So. Yeah. Especially sure. with you saying, like, with the characters you create, you, you write out, you know, kind of a bio and whatnot. Uh, how do you get into such a... Because you're such like a... Every time we've talked to you, you've been such like a joyful guy. How do you get into such a dark mindset in order to write some of these characters that you see in Postal? Oh, it's, oh, it's interesting. Um, well, I'd say, you know, it's... The best part about being a writer is that you get to study anything. And you uh, get to ask questions and meet people and have experiences that you can then instantly convert, you know, into, into story stuff. So I'm always pursuing interesting experiences and interesting folks. And the, the other part of a, of a, the discipline of writing, I guess, is you have to be able to find commonality kind of among anything, you know, and no matter how disparate it is, because you never want to be unable to, articulate a character or point of view because you might need it for your story right mm -hmm. so you have to you have to be both a hundred percent yoda and a hundred percent palpatine in order to <laughs> you know tell stories so that's just where you know it, it with postal it was really important to me at the beginning of the whole process of writing postal uh and for listeners postal is uh, the book i write it's about a town full of criminals that are all sort of hiding out from the law uh, and it's run by this mayor who's sort of draconian, but she manages to keep everything in line. Uh, but uh, in order to do that, she depends on her son, Mark, who's the mailman who has Asperger's. Um, but his Asperger's allows him to solve problems in the town in unique ways. So it's really almost like this isolationist Western about does, do the end justify the means and what's the price of paradise. So when we started Postal, uh, I mean, it, it was really important to me that we didn't tell stories about criminals as a strange species, but that they were they were people, 
you know, and there are people who've made choices. Those choices have consequences, and the story is about wrestling with those consequences. Um, so it seemed natural uh, to explore some darker stuff, you know, and, uh, you know, see, see what kind of comes up. You know, it's almost in like a cosmic way. If you want to understand good, you have to understand evil, too. And you kind of have to understand them in, in such a way that you, you, lose a, you lose your personal, you know, definition of good and evil and just sort of experience it honestly. Uh, and that's what I try to do with Postal and all my work. Very cool. Very cool. So with um, Eden's Fall, I was wanting to know how far um, out did you guys plan this into your own series between um, Postal and the Tide? Well, actually, I guess the Tide, mm. um, not so much, but maybe like um, with Think, uh, tank. Think Tank. Thank you. Right, um, right, right. How, yeah, so how, how deep were you guys into your um, series when you decided to start getting things incorporated to merge together into one? I'd say we probably had the first conversation maybe about a year ago. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the way Matt and I work, I'm constantly talking to him about everything, you know, because I read most of the scripts just to know what's going on, and sometimes he'll ask me story questions, that kind of thing. And while we're doing these books, we do sort of talk to each other about what's happening at the same time in the other book. Uh-huh. And even if I don't put it in Postal, I'm aware of it. So I know what kind of error we're in Uh because the, there are in the same same universe, so if something drastic happens with government, for instance, in the tithe, I might be able to reflect an opinion on that in postal. You know, mm-hmm. so because we were kind of always fluent in what we were doing in our in our spaces, we just said, okay, yeah, we'll just have this happen right around now. And uh, I tell people if they want a specific timeline that Eden's Fall happens before Postal Thirteen. Okay. So it's after the the second. It's after all the tithe that's been done, and it's uh, it, it happens I think before this current arc of Think Tank. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I really enjoyed this fall a lot. It's one of those things where I read it, absorbed it, and probably like a half hour, I had to read it again. I really did enjoy it. Um, oh, that's that's great. I, I mean, Atelier's art is is awesome. So I know it really was. Right. Everything was just blended so perfectly together. And you no, know, yeah. for those that are. Um, what, haven't read all three series and are interested in Eden's Fall, I have to throw out there that there is a nice little uh, um, bio of each series within the issue itself to get you acquainted with the characters and the stories as well. Sure, yep, yep, there is. Yeah, there's a primer, so uh, don't worry about not knowing anything. You can read that and you'll be right up to speed. Yep. See, and that was the thing with me. <laughs> no, that was the thing with me because I read Eden's Fall, and I am I think I'm most familiar with Tithe, and sure. then Postal, and then I think Think Tank is the one that I'm least familiar with. And right. so, because I think I've only read, like, maybe one or two issues of Think Tank. And um, when I went into Eden's Fall, I was a little confused at first, but then through time it started to explain itself, and then at the bios at the end it kind of all tied it all together. So it right. is one of those books where, I mean, you don't have to entirely know all the history to just jump in and enjoy the book. Yeah, and I think, yeah, yeah. I think Tank has the least a bit of uh, uh, stuff within Eden's Fall, in my opinion. Yes, yeah. it does. Think Tank has, yeah. uh, if you know, if it's sort of ranked, it's it's more of a postal tithe book mm-hmm. than a Think Tank book. Book mm-hmm. Lauren's Lauren's role is 
significant to story, but it's a, it is a it's more diminished than those two yeah. those two books yeah. for sure. So go. we have we can look forward to his, if I remember correctly three issues of Eden's Fall. That correct? Yes, yeah. This this series is uh, a three issue mini. Uh, and you say this series like there's going to be another one. There may be, you know, there may be. I know uh, Matt's Matt's got some plans for his stuff. I don't want to share those, and um, I've got some plans for Postal. I don't want to share. So there's always the potential to combine these worlds again, uh, especially since the events of Eden Fall, Eden's Fall, are still significant to the universe. It's not, it's not something that um, won't be felt in the other books. Uh, it's it's a it's a story that matters, and not just a, a crossover event. So. Yes. Very cool. Very and you cool. say universe. That's one thing that I like about this because it's not something you see too often with Image. I mean, you might get a Savage Dragon crossover, Invincible crossover here sure. and there throughout the years, but you don't see them share the same universe too often, especially when it comes to three uh, s- separate stories like like you um, you guys done with Eden's Fall. In fact, I've been thinking about we even talked a little bit earlier about this. I cannot think of any other Image crossover that had three series that went went into one yeah you know i don't think there has been um yeah it's you know i I always think about the universe of a story before i start one it's just the way i work so usually there's a lot of content that never even makes it to readers Mm -hmm. that you know will kind of live in my head until i feel like i know what i can do with it and so uh as i worked on postal you know, I, I built backstories for everybody, and those backstories have supporting characters that we'll never see because, you know, we don't see the past of everyone in the same way. But it's a bit like Lost, that book, because like Lost, you have these characters that are sort of on this island, and these characters have this backstory before they got there, and as a writer, you have to know all of it because the backstory informs how they act now, like how they behave now. And as Matt would talk about his, his world, there'd just be more and more stuff that wasn't making it into the story that he had in his head. So the universal aspects of it became pretty clear. Uh, there, you know, all the books, and Matt, Matt's the creator of Postal. I co-wrote it with him for a couple arcs, and now I'm the sole writer, but it really came out of Matt's head. Uh, these, these three you know, things are very specific to what Matt's thinking about as a creator. You know, it, it's... Think Tank is about the role of technology uh, and government and uh, what price of progress, basically. You know, and the tithe is about institutions and justice and law and how the two don't always work together, uh, featuring two FBI agents who are pursuing uh, first a group of hackers, then a domestic terrorist. And over the course of those pursuits, they start to realize that the system that they believed in might not be worth believing in, essentially. And Postal is about a town full of criminals that are living uh, off the grid and redefining themselves outside of the influence of greater society. And can they do that? And do the old kind of old West rules, would they work in the modern day? Uh, could you have a tombstone? You know, instead of the kind of democracy that we have right now. So they're they're very specific uh, to these ideas that that he has. So when you combine them, you get these distinctive things that combine to make up this larger thing. You know, and uh, that makes it work uh, really well. Sometimes 
it's hard to combine, you know, two characters or, or a two series because they just don't have a relationship or one of them mm-hmm. does a lot of what the other one does. There doesn't really need to be a point in it, you know? Yeah. It's like a Hulk Bane crossover, like, <laughs> you know, that's a lot of comics is that. So, um, yeah. the, the thing that has to take it easy to kind of blend those things together. Now, with the crossovers and everything, has it, have you ever thought about maybe doing something, maybe a crossover with like Joshua, Joshua Williamson? Because he's got oh. a nice group of criminals, a nail biter that I could see. That's actually a really, really interesting idea, you know? Um, everyone is really, really busy, and uh-huh. that's the hardest part about trying to pull something like that off is yeah. you really have to plan in advance to find out when Josh was available to do something and do all of that. But with all of these creators that own their content now via image, mm-hmm. you could do things like that in a yeah. really, really interesting way. There's a lot of image books where I'm like, yeah, you know, I got to call up Kelly Sue and be like, hey, Kelly Sue, can I have Ashlar from Romulus wind up on Bitch Planet? Like something crazy like that, sort of like what they're doing with the Archie thing, you know, but like um, an in-image thing where maybe they were even one-shots or something, just so people could experiment with it and see. That could be really awesome. So speaking of crossovers, is there ever a chance of a, uh, oh, I don't know, Romulus Postal crossover? Well, you know what? Likely not, because oh. Romulus is so vastly different in experience uh, <laughs> than Postal is. I mean, Romulus is a, it's a superhero comic-influenced, anime-influenced story about an uh, assassin who's fighting a secret society that sends killers after anyone that figures out they exist. You know, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's like got vibrant action. Nelson Blake, the second's doing the art. He's a long, long time friend of mine. Uh, it's, it's more like Buffy, the Illuminati slayer, <laughs> that girl with a bad, bad attitude, you know? So I don't quite know how that would work. I, I had joked before that Romulus would be Mark from Postal's favorite comic. <laughs> so I mean, there you go because what is invincible is uh what's his face's favorite comic from walking dead uh, yeah i was gonna do like a like a kirkman thing you know yeah. maybe have a halloween issue where where maggie dresses up like ashlar from romulus and have some fun with it i don't know <laughs> um, there you go. That's, that's probably the way we would do that although romulus itself is built to be this pretty broad you know universe so right now it's focused on Ashlar, who's the hero, who the assassin who decided to fight her masters. You know, she's the one that we're focused on uh, for this current, you know, this current arc, the, the few arcs we're doing, you know, when we're locking it all in. But as it gets locked in, we're opening up opportunities to do more stuff. So what's more likely is a Romulus spinoff miniseries uh, that, that'll happen, expand the world out. Um, you know, so that, that's the kind of stuff we're looking to do with it. Very cool. So with Romulus, how many uh, covers would we be looking at for number one? Oh, just one, actually. Just one? Uh, okay. Yeah, I wanted to focus people on one image that was defining of the her- hero of the book. Mm-hmm. So it, Nelson and I, we talked a lot about what we wanted our number one cover to be. And finally, we just arrived on, we wanted it to be Ashlar. We wanted it to be her. We want readers to walk past her looking at them from the cover of a book and grab their interest that way. And part of that decision was no variance on one. We're just going to have one cover, focus everyone's attention around that image. So that image becomes more iconic, you know, because as a series continues, 
that first image becomes a bit of a flag of what that series is. So we thought about that when we were figuring out what we wanted to do. So you said October 5th is when Romulus drops. That is correct. You can still, you well, you can pre-order it till September 12th. I don't know when this Perfect. goes up. That's, this will drop Saturday. So Okay, so, so if you're listening to this, you can still pre-order Romulus, and you're, you're going to probably have to do that to get your first printing because we, we got a lot of people out there uh, grabbing it. So you can just call up your local comic book shop, ask them for, for Romulus, tell them to put it on your pool list, uh, and it'll be awesome. It'll melt your face. So Be sure to grab it. Three copies, right? Because it's going to go into like an eighth printing. Yo, yeah, yeah. You got to grab <laughs> at, at least at least four, really. Uh, you want to be thorough. Um, and uh, yeah, just don't you know, don't d- don't like you know, let it sit next to stuff you care about because it's so white hot <laughs> with hype yes. that and it'll just. Get- Man, it'll devastate. It'll devastate desktops and shelves, the whole thing. <laughs> and when you're in there putting it on your pull list, make sure you also add but, in there postal. Yeah. Add postal in there. You got to get your postal. Got to get your Eden's okay. Fall, too. Yeah. You know, when does the next time? Eden's Fall drop? That's next uh, month. Next month. But we don't have an exact date. Oh, you know what? I, I, I don't. Uh, that's going to be the first week in October, February 3rd. So probably, oh, what if it dropped the same day? Right. You can get some Eden's Fall and some Romulus the same oh, day. Geez. Signing events, double books. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to be at any cons upcoming if anybody is out and about and wants to yeah, say hi? Yeah, I will be uh, local at Long Beach Comic Con. I think that's the weekend of September 15th. I will be at the Top Cow booth drinking water. Uh, so feel free to jump off. Sure, it's not vodka. It's water. It's, it's water. It just comes in a glass bottle and it looks big. Don't worry about it. Hi, hi. I write postal. Hi. Um, <laughs> gonna be at New York Comic Con definitely. Uh, that's uh, the the week of October fifth. Um, yeah. the seventh. So Romulus drop there. I'm actually touring a couple stores in New York the week of October fifth. So if you're in the New York area. I know I'm going to be at a couple of stores. Follow me on Twitter. It's Brian Edward Hill. Brian with a Y. Why? Because we like you. Uh, <laughs> so it's at Brian Edward Hill. And you know, I'll give you updates on what stores I'm going to be and, and, you know, where I'm going to be at conventions. But I'll be at the Top Cow booth in both Long Beach and New York Comic Con. Very cool. I know we have a couple fans that are in the New York area, and a couple of them are for sure going to be at New York Comic Con, too. So. I'm an Artist Alley in New York. My bad. Uh, Nelson, Matt, and I are going to be set up in Artist Alley uh, instead of at a company booth in New York Comic Con, because I wanted to be in the in the pit with the folks. Yes. Uh, awesome. So where that's where it should be. Yep. Well, I'm going to I'm gonna have to find one of them and send my... I have issue one, a postal already signed by Matt when I met Matt back here in May. And so oh, right I, I'm gonna have to like forward it on to uh, to uh, somebody that's gonna be there and have them have you sign it while you're there and have them send it back to me. See, that's cool. gonna be my goal too. When Romulus drops, I gotta get you to sign it, Brian, and I will be a happy camper. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> we just gotta get I'm one gonna... of our fans to get it for us yeah. at New York Comic Con, and then we see. Can... That's the thing. I'm trying to get to New York Comic Con. I mean, I'm in Virginia. New York is right there. I'm just hey, you're like right next door, man. I know. It's just a matter of me getting to the front door. You wouldn't have to have an extra ticket now, would you, Ryan? <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I used to be able to kind of get some folks in, but they went all, like, Langley the past couple of years. You know, last time I was up there, it was like NASA. <laughs> it was like, wow. Now, I'll tell you what, I'll put on a red vest and I'll be your valet, okay? 
No, <laughs> No, you got to wear like black sunglasses and the earpiece. You know, you, oh, I got, I got that. I got yeah. that. I got the fedora put on there. That's too, awesome. You know? Yeah. Yeah. My my security staff is a time traveler from 1945. It's a whole thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I got to get through. No, he doesn't understand electronic keys. I told you in 1945. Don't worry about it. Come get on. What are you thinking? <laughs> That's what I want to do. I just want to do a story about like a cantankerous time traveler that comes here and is just frustrated by technology. It's not even like. <laughs> He's not a badass. He's just like some guy. <laughs> just pretty great. Up. Yeah, doesn't understand anything. That'd be awesome. Yeah. But yeah, hopefully I'll be able to make it out there. I am actually finagling my way into getting in. So I'm still oh, it's cool. That it's, it's really my favorite show. Uh, New yeah. York is big enough to feel big, but also small enough where you still get to interact with people. Uh, Comic-Con has turned into such a carnival of Hollywood that... It's very difficult to to see everything, to even move around uh, at, at that show because it's just gotten so big, and there's so much attention, you know, with all these super movies making billions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, end of April, if you're looking for some cons, you know, I'm just gonna throw it at uh, Kansas City Planet Comic Con, end of April. You know, that's oh, where yeah. Matt yeah, came this last down. year, and so I'm coming. Back. I'm from St. Louis. So, oh well, then there you go. Yeah, you have yeah. to come down. Yeah, like I, you know, I know all about it. I just uh, with the way with the way my schedule was going, by the time I started to be able, like time wise, to go to shows, a lot of the shows were over. So yeah. I catch them next year. But that's cool. You know, I'll have Romulus. And I'll have a couple more things. I'm doing Aphrodite Five. That's coming out next year. So there'll still be some some new, you know, fresh off the stove Brian Hill joints for the people. Uh, in 2017, and we'll come come down to Kansas City, man. We'll chop it up. Fantastic! Yep. I will be there with nice. bells on. I was gonna say, don't forget Dallas too. Dallas needs that top <laughs> cow image love over oh, here. Oh yeah, yeah. And I, you know, I need to go. I've never been to like Texas. You know, really? Um, I've never done like the Austin Film Festival thing. I've never come yeah. down. So, uh, co- comments is great because it gives you an excuse to travel because you can still meet fans and readers and stuff. And so you feel like you're not just vacationing; you're doing something productive. But you also get to see a lot of places, and that's a really great aspect of writing comic books. When I was screenwriting, that wasn't really the case. You didn't really get to go anywhere. You know, you just you sold a script, and that was cool, but you just went to the meeting, and then you came back, and it's like, huh. Oh. Uh, but comics is great. You know, the, just the reaching out and talking to people from all different places. It's, I was in Thailand. As a quick story. I was in Thailand a year ago working on an animation project. And I found a copy of Postal in a bookstore in Bangkok. Whoa. <laughs> I was so like, cool. whoa. That is cool. That's crazy. That is cool. <laughs> you know, like, this is a crazy moment. You're like, oh, no. There's a, there's a copy of this thing in Bangkok. So I asked the, the clerk, the clerk spoke English, uh, about the book. And, and she was familiar with the book. And they had more copies than other people that bought them. So there were, like, people in Bangkok reading Postal. That's the kind of thing that keeps you humble and, and makes sure that you work hard to – ensure that every every issue of what you write is worth the time and the, and the money well you've been knocking it out of the park with postal that's for sure so i'm definitely <laughs> excited for romulus and then you know aphrodite 5 and whatever else you got coming up so cool i'm you know uh your boy young hill is in comics he's not going anywhere <laughs> he's going to continue to to uh get those stories out there so uh, you know you can feel free to believe in me because i'll be here a long time Fantastic. Right on. Very cool. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, you know, that is one thing. Um, I don't 
I can't remember who it was off the top of the head, but I was talking to someone the other day, and I brought you up just because I was talking about how we were going to interview you. And um, they're like, oh, oh yeah, Brian Hill. And I was just like, you know who I'm talking about? And they're like, yeah, Postal. And I was just like, whoa, I did not yeah, whoa, know you were I'm into like, comics. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. I'll tell you what. the the uh, One of the doormen of my building reads Postal. And cool. had no idea that, that I was writing it. And one day, you know, I saw that he was reading a comic book. I think he was reading... um. Marvel thing. I forget which Marvel it was. It might have been like Charles Soule's Daredevil trade or something. Uh, uh, it was, it was you know, something good. And so I was like, oh, you're reading, you know, comics. We started talking comics. That's what his favorite comics were. He was like, oh, I have Postal from, from uh, Image Top Cow. I'm like, oh, I write Postal. And he's like, what? I was like, yeah, totally. <laughs> he's just like, he's thinking you're yanking his chain, right? Yeah, I know, right? So I go up to my, uh, I go up to my office. I, I got, you know, I got some trades and up there. And I just brought, like, a couple of comps down and signed them for him. And he was like, whoa, and showed him my picture. I guess he hadn't put the picture together because I, uh, I don't wear my kimono all the time. So. <laughs> <laughs> the kimono I'm wearing in that picture, you know, all the way. But, yeah, so moments like that are awesome. Um, yeah. it, it, just, it just makes you really uh, grateful to be working in, uh, a, you know, a field that allows moments like that to happen. It's, it's, it's really amazing. So. I appreciate everyone who reads anything, you know, that, that I'm doing, uh, even when they get mad at me because of what it did. And, uh, you know, storytelling is one of the most awesome things you can do. So if you're listening to this and you're wondering whether or not you should or you're worried about if you can, do it. If that's your instinct is to tell stories, you know, follow that instinct because you can get there. And when you get there, everything else will make sense. Very cool, very cool. And you are definitely one of those uh, up-and-coming guys. I mean, I know you've been writing for a long time, but in comic books, I mean, I am expecting great, great things from you. Oh, right on. thank you. Yeah, I just, you know, I'm relatively new to comics. I've only been really uh, writing with monthly stuff out there for about a year and change. Right. Uh, I've done some work, like, years ago, but I, you know, I started screenwriting after that, and so came back. So, yeah, considering how... New, I kind of, I am, you know, to all of this. The adoption from fans and readers and retailers and stuff has been awesome. Uh, so expect, uh, you know, the, if you like the work, it's going to continue. You know, and uh, holler at me on the internet if you like it, good or bad. I love conversations. Yeah. Oh, and real quick here, uh, at the end of uh, I think it was Eden's Fall, it might have been. Was it? Did I read that right? That there's something in uh, production with uh, Postal. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There is there's a little bit of Hollywoodiness yeah, happening yeah. with Postal. Um, I can't really share details uh, about it, but if everything goes right, you know, you should be able to watch it. You know, maybe every week, like things that are on, you know, television or something. <laughs> I, something. But I don't can't tell you what. Just saying, you know, it might be something like that or something. Or something, yeah, or something. something. Yeah. Can you can you something. say what what uh, station or whatever it could potentially wind oh, up? That's like the, that's like the last thing I can say. I'm just gonna throw it out there the, and uh, say like the, it, the international royalty points on your deal memo. <laughs> well, it's, it's like if you could just tell me how the the, the series could possibly end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, like a, that's like a Tom King thing, right? Like Tom King used to, you know used to be a CIA agent. So it's like sometimes I'll be talking to him on Twitter, and I'm like, "Are you CIA me right now? Are you getting me? <laughs> Are you getting me to say something?" Like, um, yeah, I can't share that stuff. But Fair enough. Yeah. Well, if it's not, there will be official announcements super soon. Super well, if soon. it's not like HBO or Cinemax or something like that, kind of like what 
with you know i i am going to be hoping for something along the lines of like amc or something because it's got to be a station that lets you go dark well i tell you i tell you what uh i can say that the 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 media side uh of it is very very interested in preserving the experience of the book awesome. and that's good uh, that's good to I, hear. I was, you know, I, I, they they let me know what was going on. They talked to Matt and I about story stuff. Um, you know, so got to participate a little bit in the approach. So what they're doing will be faithful to uh, the nature of the book. You know, it's 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 always a strange thing in, in Hollywood land. You never really know what's going to actually come out, you know, to you and what won't. Mm-hmm. But we know we're everything looks good so far, and we're very happy that other people are enjoying it and might have the opportunity. To enjoy the story in a different format. Awesome. So I guess I just have to ask this then. So if you could pick any actor to play Mark, who would you choose to play Mark? Oh, that's a good question. Um, hmm. Miles Teller. Okay. All right. I, I can see I, that. I recently yeah, saw Whiplash, and I was super impressed with Whiplash. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought he was excellent in Whiplash. So. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of in a Miles Teller for a lot of things mode at the moment. <laughs> I thought he was really, really good. I can uh, see that, though. No, I can actually see that. So, yeah, very cool. But you'll go crazy. When you're when you're working on a book and you start thinking about who you'd want to play someone, oh, it'll drive you insane. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I, I rarely, like, let that thought calcify in my imagination. I just kind of consider it briefly. The uh, correct answer is always me. <laughs> Miles Teller or you, obviously. Yeah. I mean, that's good. And I really just threw Miles Teller out there, so you knew that you know you didn't yeah. think you just had it. You had to work for it a little bit, but you know I'm not putting Miles on this. Sorry, Miles, it's yeah. not going to work out for you this time. But <laughs> sorry, bud. Next time. Next time, man. He Next needs time. something to bounce back from, though, from Fantastic Four. So yeah, you know, needs... come back, come back, thing for you, man. I got yeah. something for you. You have a, like a sports car and like a samurai sword. It's going to be awesome. Just hold on. <laughs> Yeah, I know, right? We can talk with you all night, Brian, but I, I don't have any... What do you really... think about the current U.S. policy of Syria? <laughs> well, actually... Well, you know, um, the way that we are approaching counterterrorism in the Middle East, uh, we have to make sure that we are vigilant and not putting too many boots on the ground to put young boys at risk. <laughs> and, I, and I will have my advisors get with me in a month on how to approach that. <laughs> I'm going to answer that question right after I'm not president. <laughs> yeah. He's totally, Obama is totally in leave me alone mode. Yeah, he is, isn't he? Yeah. So let me just do my thing and enjoy the rest left. of this. It's hilarious. This is like a guy who's just like, nope, go away. Y- y'all deal with this. I'm done. <laughs> He's like, go away. I got Spider-Man comics to read in my Oval Office. You, you, I mean, you know the presidency's a hard job because nearly everyone who serves two terms can't seem to run away from the White House fast enough, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. like That's about it, too. It must really wear you down. Right on. That's why you should read comics, to dive into other worlds and, you know... Duck, uh, duck and cover from all this other stuff, you know, getting slung around here. Comics are your refuge from, you know, weird political arguments and 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 frustrating social things. Read comic books. Read comic books from every company. It'll make your life. <laughs> Wait a minute. You say to get rid of, get away from weird political stuff. Then I guess they're not reading Matt Hawkins stuff. Well, you know, Matt. Yeah, that's <laughs> a point of view, man. Matt. You know what it is? But Matt, Matt's point of view is is almost apolitical. 
because yeah, that is true. That is inevitably true. he's talking about Armageddon. <laughs> Every conversation with Matt will eventually get to Armageddon at some point. So because the stakes are so high in a lot of his work, it's it's almost like not politicized at all. It's just really about this thing that we're doing could destroy all of us, and it's happening without oversight. How do we feel about that? You know? See, I can see Matt going on a tangent, you know, at the bar after a comic con or something like that while drinking. Oh, Matt! Matt is intense, like drinking water. You know, the guy. <laughs> the guy's like Tony Stark. Man, he wakes up like super early. He works out like a madman. You know, he uh, does all his writing, then does all the business stuff. I mean, he does a bunch of stuff that that you know I, I don't do because I don't you know run all the administrative stuff that he does as like president of the company. Yeah, and then he still manages to write as many books as he as he writes. And he, he's also you know he's like raising a family and all that. Like. Uh, I'm really impressed with just the the energy he has to do. Yeah. I don't. He put all this research that he does on in, in top of all that. All, and these aren't even easy things to write. Like he's writing things no. that are writing for. You know, he's writing things that require a lot of understanding and research, and 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 all. He's tireless about that stuff. You know, he's just a really interesting interesting dude that way. This is I. This could be on the podcast or off the podcast. I just want to know from one professional comic writer about another, or what do you think about someone like Jeff Lemire who writes like six stories at one time and has like seven comics published at one time? Oh well, Jeff actually had a interesting blog post about that recently. I don't really? know. Yeah, I don't know how many posts it's been since, but he he had a blog post about his process and how he's able to compartmentalize the story time and just navigate his time super efficiently. I was very impressed by it. It's actually a great thing to read for people that have to design their own schedules a bit. You know, I'm, I'm not that scientific as Jeff. I'm, um, I'm just way more impulsive about writing. Sometimes I'll just write, you know, a full issue in a couple of hours because it's just kind of spilling out and I'm chasing it. So, I don't organize my time that way, but I also don't waste my time. So I have a lot of time that I can put into writing because I'm not interested in frivolous stuff, mainly. Uh, So, you know, I'd rather be creating something than, you know, watching MTV at the moment, Uh, you know, something like that. So uh, I get really intense about my my sessions, and that's how I just chart through it all. But Jeff's process is regimented and awesome. It's it's really impressive considering how different those – books are too you know like they're not the same so he has to inhabit this world and then go to this world and then go to that world uh he's just got a fascinating mind that guy really and really nice guy too awesome guy very cool very cool all right well red tap anything uh last words no i think I, i'm good we can wrap things up and i'm yeah, sure well, we can I'm good. i greatly yeah, no, I greatly appreciate your time, and I'm like I, we've all said a dozen times already tonight. We're really looking forward to what you have in store in the future. So, well, thanks, guys. I appreciate uh, you know you taking the time to do this. I know it must be late for you guys because I'm in California. Uh, so, I'm I live in the past constantly, which explains a lot of <laughs> Californian culture. Actually, that's yeah. interesting. That's what Hollywood's problem. Hollywood's problem is they're making movies in the past. We figured it out. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, yeah, I really appreciate you guys taking the time. And for listeners out there, you know, look up Eden's Fall, Postal, Tide, Think Tank, and Romulus is coming October 5th. Love to see you guys uh, check that one out. Uh, until then, you are listening to Four Guys in the Comic. <laughs> <laughs> Four guys love a cliffhanger. 
and here's a doozy. We've come to the end of another show. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to give us a call at 682-422-6642. That's 682-4-A-Comic. And leave us a message. Tell us what you want to listen to. Tell us what you're reading. And most of all, tell us what you're enjoying in life. Until next time. <laughs>